Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered with knowledge that will cause you to rise up and become who God wants you to be. Now, let's join the new series, Overcoming Duality. Our series for December is entitled, Overcoming Duality. So, we're going to focus on overcoming duality. What is duality? Duality is a state of living a double life as a Christian. In other words, you are a child of God, you are a Christian, but you have a double life. And I want you to be honest with us this morning, this is a serious problem that we have in the church. Double life has become normal for us in the house of God. As a matter of fact, me teaching this today might even appear as if it's strange because people are so used to living the way they live. But anyway, let us not go too much ahead of ourselves. <laughs> you know? Let's touch on our foundational scripture. Matthew 23, verse 28. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. But on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Those are the words of Jesus. The eternal words of Jesus. Can I read it one more time just for you? Jesus speaking to a certain group of people. He said to them, On the outside, you appear to people as righteous. But on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Say with me, duality. It's the same person. He's a certain type on the outside and he's another type on the inside. Duality. Let's go straight to this morning's message. Exposing the double standard Christianity. Exposing the double standard Christianity. I would like to, first of all, uh, you know, suggest to you that God has standards. 
Christianity has standards. It's not just a faith where everything goes, like you can do anything you want. There are standards. I'm not sure which standards you are operating with, but I just want you to know, according to the word of God, we have standards regarding everything that we're supposed to do as Christians. But of late, there's another thing that has been happening, which is the Christianity that we portray to have or to be seems to have different standards depending on where you are or with who you are. Where you are and with who you are. I want to ask you a question. What if we decided to come and stay with you in your house for a while? Will we see what we see in church? Will it be the same thing? If we were to all come and camp in your, in your house for like a week. What you show us every Sunday morning, will that be what we will see in the house? If we were to come at your place of work and just camp there for a few days, if we were to come at your school and camp there for a few days, will we, will we for sure experience what you are showing us at church? Or will we encounter double standards? It's a question I want you to think deeply about because each and every one of these questions has consequences. As you start exploring your own life, I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. Have I fallen into duality? Because any of us can fall into duality at any time. This is not a message for certain people. This message is for me. It's for you. For all of us, nobody is exam of duality. So I really want you to think deeply about your faith in Jesus and your relationship with Jesus because it boils down to that. How are you performing if we come and spend time at your house? at your place of work? Will we find that the standards are the same as the ones you show in other places? If the answer is no, then you are a victim of duality. Then this service is for you. And I like the title of the series, Overcoming Duality. It's to overcome. We're gonna, we're gonna learn how to overcome don't accept a double standard life. You know, we find double standards in many areas of our lives. 
Coca-Cola is always fighting people that are trying to produce Coca-Cola and Fanta, but lower standard. Everybody is, I mean, Apple is fighting this one. Everybody is always fighting double standards because they want to uphold their values. You need to know that God is also fighting for his standards to be upheld. I mentioned here a couple of months ago that God will never change his standards to accommodate our lifestyle. We have to change our lifestyle to accommodate God's standards. Please understand that very well. No scripture in the Bible will change for you. You have to change to match the scripture. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, if we were to check our lives in our homes, in our marriages, in our workplaces, we'll make a couple of discoveries. First of all, you will discover that some of us are false believers. There's such a word as false believers. Galatians chapter 2 verse 4. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks. Other versions say false brothers. False brethren. What will make the Bible or Paul call some people false believers? Because what they appear to be in front of the people on Sunday morning is basically not what they are when they are not there. So they have a fake personality. They have a fake Christianity. False believers. So there's such a thing as a false believer. There's such a thing. You are a believer, but you are a false believer. There's such a thing. I hope you are with me. Number two, if we were to visit people's houses, you might found that some of us are clean outside, but messy inside. Isn't it? Clean outside. Messy inside. Most houses are nicely painted outside, if you've noticed. We always try to make the outside look nice. Isn't it? Everywhere you go, people try to make the outside the best it can be. Mm. But if you want to know what is really going on, get on the inside then you will know the reality. I mean, look at yourself. Look how nice you look this morning. Look at how you fixed your outside. You made sure you look nice. You're dressing nice. But you see, God is wiser than that. He even told us that he doesn't look at that thing outside. He goes inside. That's why it matters. Uh, Matthew 23, 25 to 26, the Bible says, What to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and ditch, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You clean the outside. You always make sure your outside is clean. You, you polish outside so that everybody can be convinced. But Jesus says, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. In other words, you see, they, they take care of themselves deep inside. They, they, they afford whatever they want inside. 
Verse 26, blind Pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and dish and then the outside will be clean also. What a blessing. You see, God is saying, Jesus is saying, if you can just fix inside, you don't even have to worry about outside. Outside will be fine. Outside will be fine. If you just work inside, outside will be fine. He says, the outside will also be clean. Like you will not have to clean it. Just clean inside. Outside will be fine. If you were to visit us closely, you'll find that some of us are what Jesus called whitewashed tombs. Whitewashed tombs. Matthew 23, verse 27 to 28, the Bible says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, and you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead, and every Everything unclean. Whitewashed tombs. It's like a, a, a coffin, I mean a, a, a tomb. You come with white paint. You paint it very nice. In South Africa, we call it tombstones. You put a nice ceramic tombstone. It looks so beautiful. Nice marbles on the outside. You can even come and sit on top of it. If you make the mistake to remove that, that ceramic, and you dig a little bit deep inside, you find another reality that you are not ready for. And for some of us, that's exactly how our lives are. It's a nice tombstone, looks so nice, so shiny, so spotless. But if you were to just dig a bit, if you just remove that tombstone a bit on the side, you will find the whole world that is just there. Are you okay? He says, in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. That is the foundational scripture I'm talking about. He said, on the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. To people. Because duality is always about people. You, you will appear to people as righteous. No, you will look holy. You will look spiritual. But on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And weakness. And wickedness, yeah. And if you, if you continue checking us in our homes, you find out that we are wolves in sheep clothing. Jesus says that in the book of Matthew 7, verse, I'm giving you duality in different references. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Matthew 7, verse 15. Watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So somebody comes to you, he looks nice, he looks welcoming, he looks spotless. He looks perfect. But inside, ferocious wolves. Duality. People who pretend they are not what you think they are. Yeah. Those who pretend. 
And if you keep checking them, the Bible calls them people with two tongues. Two tongues. First Timothy 3 verse 8. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued. Double-tongued. Not giving too much wine, not greedy for money. Double-tongued. The only animal we know that has a double tongue is the snake. And then Paul is saying here that some people mustn't have a double tongue. What does it mean to have a double tongue? Well, James explains it. If you come to James chapter 3, verse 9 to 12, James says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings. Double tongue. We use the same tongue to praise God and then we turn around and we use the same tongue to curse people. Double tongue. Out of the same mouth come praise and curses. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives and grapevine I mean, uh, uh, can, can a fig tree bear olives and a grape one bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. When he is with you, he talks like this. As soon as you turn your back and he's with another person, the talk changes. When they are with pastor, we love your preaching. Pastor, you are so powerful. We thank God for this church. We are so blessed God brought us to this church. As soon as they leave the presence of pastor, another talk has started. You can't even believe it. God is asking, can it be possible that the same time says this, and then the same time is saying this? It's called a double tongue. It's a dual person. There are two people inside What you see is not what you get. No, 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 no. And what they are saying is not what is really what they are thinking. That's not what they are thinking. That's not what they are thinking. And this is what is going on. It has become the norm. You are here, you say this. As soon as you turn your back, you are saying this. Hmm? I want to ask you a question. The things you say in the absence of the person you are talking about, can you repeat those things if, you are, if they are present? Can you repeat the same things? For example, the things you have said about me. Me. Can you say those things when I'm there? The things you have said about your husband, can you repeat them when he's there? The things you have said about your wife, the things you have said about your brother that is in the church with you, if, if you bring them now and they are standing there, can you repeat the same words? I'm asking you a question. Can you, can you say the things you are saying when I'm not there, when I'm there? And, and, and we don't worry ourselves, so, and we feel that everything is okay. We are flowing. We are flowing. 
Meanwhile, you are flowing in duality. God is helping us this morning. Some of us are caught up between God and the world. We are caught up. James 1.8, the New Living Translation, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They are unstable in everything they do. They are divided between God and the world. They love God, but they also love the world. So when they are with God, they show the love of God. When they are in the world, they show the love of the world. It's duality. The same person is sitting with you there. Ah, but his best friend is in the world. All, all, all his interests are on the other side. I'm sure you realize that such a person is dual. Mm. Some of us, if you visit your house, if you visit your house, you find that you are caught up between God, Modimo, and Badimo. You are caught up. When you come to church, you say Modimo. When you go to the house, you say Badimo. You are caught up. Oh, it's going on. It's, it's happening. It's happening plenty. We take a bit here, we take a bit there. But, but I want Elijah to talk to you on this matter this morning. I'm not going to be the one to speak. I want Elijah to speak. First Kings 18, 21. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Just like this morning, people are saying nothing. They are just looking at me. After I finish preaching, they're going to go and start conversations. Well, yeah, now everybody is quiet. They are just assessing me. When they go, the conversations are going to start. Conversation that cannot be repeated when I'm there. Hmm? Look, I can go on and on with this duality. That if we, go, we come to your house, we find that. Another one, if we come to your house, we find that maybe you are caught up between God and your beloved. You are caught up. Something is going on there. Yeah. And I'm using beloved by, by lack of, not, I don't want to use the word, but I'm talking here about some boyfriend, some girlfriend, some things that have become normal. Like you don't see a problem, there's no problem at all. You know what the word says, but you are also doing your own. Like, and you are not disturbed at any level, like it's normal. You are coming to church every Sunday. You are singing. You are dancing in front. You are, so you, are, you are doing offering. You are doing a lot of things. Oh. I mean, you are, you are busy. But you know what the Bible says. But you know what you've done? You've, you've brought a new standard. You've got your own standard now. 
Mm. I would like Paul to speak to you. I'm not going to speak to you. I want to allow Paul. I would like to allow Paul to say something here. Paul is saying, I can hardly believe the report about sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. I'm reading what Paul is saying. He, say, he says, in the church in Corinth, there's a brother that has replaced his father, and the father is still alive. But it's normal, and the church is flowing with it. The guy is probably taking, he's doing uh, communion in the church, or he's doing some things that he's making people sit down, or sometimes he even come and give exhortation and encouragement to the people. It's happening. It didn't start today. Paul, I mean, this is centuries ago. Paul says people told him that something is going on there. Today, people can't even say it because it's happening so much that it has become normal. I mean, at least here, when you were doing something that is a bit funny, people could say and go and tell Paul, Paul, ah, are you aware that there's something going on here? But today, it's normal. It's so normal. Everybody is just doing it. Can I tell you something? That everybody is doing something will never make it right. Will never make it right. Don't do things on the basis that everybody is doing it. Do things on the basis that the word of God says you should do it. And if you are doing it because everybody is doing it, then, then you better go and get your judgment from everybody. When it's time to go to heaven, go to everybody. Don't go to God because you are doing things based on everybody. Can Paul speak to you a little bit? Uh, Paul just wants to say something else. Ephesians 5 verse 3. Paul says, But among you, there must not be even a hint, a hint of sexual immorality. A hint. Do you know what is a hint? He hinted. A hint. Ask your neighbor your own. Is it a hint? Or it has gone. Hey, yo, 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 yo. I mean, the level you are in now, can you be talking about a hint? Ay, 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 ay. You have the proofs. I mean, you, are, you have moved to a higher level. You have the evidence. You are not using the hints. You have the evidence. Yeah. But Paul is saying, not even a hint. Look at the standards of God. Let, let's use the standards of the word of God. Please don't fight me. This is December. I don't want problems. I'm, I'm just reading the word. And I'm also making sure that I tell you who spoke so that you don't say it's me. I'm saying Elijah spoke to us just now. Now Paul is speaking to us. Yeah, I'm not the one speaking. I'm just, I'm just repeating what they are saying. Uh-huh. But among you, there must not be even a hint. Tell your neighbor, even a hint or even a hint of sexual immorality. Then ask him, your own, is it a hint? Lord, help us. Lord, help us. 
yeah, sexual immorality, or any kind of impurity. For those of you that say that there's no, that you shouldn't masturbate in the Bible, he said, he said any kind, any kind. It can be anything. That's why they say, no, no. Show me the word masturbation in the Bible. You, you are cornering us. He said, show me, show me where it's, it's written, no, no masturbation in the Bible. So he said, any kind, any kind. Paul wrapped it all up and he says, any kind. Go and arrest Paul if you want to arrest somebody. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to repeat to you this morning, any of us can fall into duality. This is not pastor versus the church. That poses a situation. Please. <laughs> because many a times, people take the, they shoot the messenger. <laughs> Meanwhile, the messenger is also struggling. Do you understand? All right. So let me just make it clear to you that as I'm preaching here, I'm learning myself. That Lord help me. Every point, Lord help me here. Lord help me. Oh yes. Quickly as I close, how do people end up trapped in duality? Eh? What makes us to end up trapped like that? You started, you went to, to, to Jesus, you said, Lord, I will follow you, I love you, but now you are doing a sneaky game. Hey. What is even more disturbing, and you know, Sometime during this series, I'm going to teach you on the stupidity of duality. The stupidity of duality. You will realize that a dual person is just, um, is the highest level of foolishness. Because as you are doing sneaky, sneaky, I don't know whether you are thinking you are sneaking for anybody. It's, it's you. The Bible says that they sold that sins. Is the son that will die? I mean, you cannot sin and another person dies. So when we are sneaky, sneaky, trying to play double game, it's as if somebody is. Hey, the thing is coming for you, not for anybody else. Not for anybody Somebody cannot sin in Afghanistan and I'm dying here. The soul that sins is the soul that will die. And you carry the consequences of your disobedience. So as you are trying to sneak out, hiding things, you are just being deceived. Because at the end of the day, it will locate you with that deception. So what causes us sometimes to get trapped in duality? Number one, lack of personal conviction. You, you don't have a personal conviction about anything or about the things that you are sneaking about. Maybe you heard what pastor said, but you, don't, you yourself, you don't have your own personal conviction about that thing. And the lack of personal conviction lead people to having double standards. So when they are in the presence of this person who believes in this, they act that. And when they are in the presence of another person who believes in something else, they act that one. But they themselves don't have their own conviction. They can't stand on what they believe themselves. 
Duality is a state of your mind revealing to you there are things you are not very convinced about. Conviction means you are not convinced. For example, a person who has a double standard regarding his sexuality is not convinced about what the Bible says or he doesn't know what the Bible says. So he doesn't have a strong conviction. Most people that behave funny, if you ask them the scripture, they don't, they don't know the Bible. They don't know the word of God. They don't know the word of God. And because, you see, it's only by hearing that you build faith. You, faith is what? It's a conviction. You believe something. So when you don't have enough understanding, that's why in this church I try to teach you as much as possible because I'm, I, I believe God is trying to give you convictions. Things you believe, things you are standing on. No matter what anybody says, you're standing on what you're standing on. Mark 4, 17, the Bible says, and they have no root in themselves. Talking about this, 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 this type of soil. They have no root in themselves. So they endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulations and persecutions arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. They have no root in themselves. They are relying on other people's roots for them to stand. As soon as they go in another area, they start stumbling. These are believers that will only be a believer in your presence. As soon as they are out of your presence, because they don't have roots. Remember, you are a tree. You are a tree of righteousness. So you should have roots in yourself. You should be able to stand on your own. But when you don't have your own roots, or your roots are not deep enough, you will start having a double standard. When you go with this group, you behave like this. When you come to the Christians, you behave like this. Because you don't have roots in yourself. You are not strong. And that's what happened to Peter here in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. The Bible says, But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. For what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, you see, when he arrived, the friends of James were not there. So he was behaving in a certain way. The Bible says that when friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. His behavior changed. So there are people, when they come, you change. You can't stand on your standards anymore. When this person arrives, you change. Hmm? You are trying to please this one. And you are also trying to please this one. And then you are not caught up in a double standard. You are trying to please God, and you are trying to please your friend. So when you are with your friend, you change the standards. And when you come back to God, you try to leave the standards. I'm not communicating to somebody here this morning. This is the main reason your lack of personal conviction. And if you don't spend time in the word of God, you will never have a personal conviction. You will always be relying on, uh, I think pastor said something. Pastor, yes, I said something, but you should go and check it. And build your own conviction about it. Hear what God is saying to you personally. And now start living based on that. The lack of conviction in the church is based on the fact that people are not seeking God for themselves. 
The fact that you are not reading your Bible for yourself is making you an easy prey to deception. An easy prey to the first runabout. Number two, lack of spiritual accountability will make you to have double standards. Lack of spiritual, what do I mean by spiritual accountability? There's nobody you're reporting to. There's nobody who checks you. There's nobody who asks, where were you? What is that? What is this thing that is going on here? The fact that there is nobody in your life who can ask you, where is this going? Who is this? Who is this person? It has made your life to just be a highway. Everything goes in your life. Because there's nobody who constantly stops you and says, who is this? What is this? What is going on here? You don't allow anybody in your life you are a leader by yourself. You, you, nobody can lead you. You follow nobody. You follow nobody. So you lack spiritual accountability. You pray when you want. You don't pray when you don't want. And nobody questions anything. So you see, your standards are not strong because they are not being monitored by somebody who can encourage you to develop better. And when somebody starts to come to help you, you're saying they are controlling you. I will not be controlled. I'm saved by grace through faith. Nobody, nobody will control me here. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. I will not make myself into bondage by anybody. Sorry. But the fact that you are not accountable to anybody, even Jesus was accountable to God. The disciples were accountable to Jesus. Timothy is accountable to Paul. Who are you accountable? Ask the neighbor, who are you accountable to? Who who, who are you reporting to? Who are you reporting to? A lot of you know you are reporting to nobody. You are your own person. You are your own person. You are not humble enough to submit under anybody. You are too proud. You are too big. And that's why your life is not moving much. and, And every day you change the standards. So yesterday you said, no, today, uh, no more this. No more. But I get it, you are the one who is setting the standards. And you are the one who is regulating the standards. So you come back tomorrow and say, okay, so a little bit, but not, <laughs> not a lot. Then again, you come again three days later because you keep breaking the standards you are setting by yourself. Then you come back and say, okay, a little bit more. But up to here, no more. You are a fool. You are a fool. And I know you are not a fool. You are receiving the wisdom of the Spirit and you're going to start behaving better in the name of Jesus. Number four, the lack of the fear of God. Oh, yes. There's something called the fear of God. It has disappeared from people's heart. The fear of God. That, that you fear God. That, like before you do something, something touches you, you say, no, 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 I, I, I cannot do this. The lack of the fear of God. People don't fear God again. Don't fear God. They can do anything. Hmm? Listen to Joseph. Genesis 39 verse 9 to 10. No one is greater in this house than I am. 
my master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Ah, Joseph, why are you bringing God in this thing? Me, I'm saying, come, let's enjoy. You are talking about God. Joseph fears God. The lack of the fear of God is responsible for double standards. Yeah, we just do whatever we feel like doing. And we don't fear God. Hmm? Even the man on the cross asked his brother, don't you fear God? Don't you fear God? Do you know who God is? Ha, you better learn. Who. No fear of God. People still in church. I mean, lately, even in South Africa, they come to church, they bomb people. They come to church, they take people's money at, 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 gun, at gunpoint. No fear of God. Right in the church. Things that you could not, I mean, they were unbelievable. You cannot believe something. It's happening now. They can ride inside. In the olden days, even when there is war, when people rush to church, we leave them alone. Today, they rather come to church where people are busy worshiping God and they say, give the cell phone. Give this, give this. You also, you don't fear God again. You come right in the church. You are sitting in there in the church and you are touching the ties of the sister that is sitting next to you. Right in the church. Right in the church. You are sending WhatsApps. Pastor is preaching the message. You are sending WhatsApps. Let's meet after the service. I like what you are wearing. The fear of God has left you, my brother. There's something called the spirit of the fear of God. May you be baptized in the spirit of the fear of God. May you fear God again. That before you do something, your heart beats three times. Yeah. This one you are doing, you are even doing with arrogance. Hey. You've increased, oh. You are, high, you are in a high level. You are kissing, you are kissing the girl right behind the church walls. Like, right, you are still in the church yard. And you are kissing her. Hey, you've increased, oh. The arrogance is too strong now. Hmm? The lack of fear of God. Number four. The honor of man. Hmm. The honor of men. What do I mean? You are after the praises of men. You are after men loving you. You are trying to please men. So you are seeking your honor, not from God. You are seeking your honor from men. You are interested more in what people think about you more than what God thinks about you. Jesus is speaking to you now. Jesus says, many people did believe in him. I mean, that's Matthew, uh, John. However, 
Many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't admit it for fear of the Pharisees who would expel them from the synagogue because they love human praise more than the praise of God. They, they believe in Jesus, but they will not admit they believe in Jesus. Because if they agree that they believe in Jesus, they will lose the credentials from some people. You know that there's heaven, but because you are trying to keep the boyfriend, you will rather miss heaven because you are trying to hook here. You, you know, yeah, some of this, when you come to church, you can really see that eh, this thing is real. But because you are so hooked to this man, this woman, this thing, the praises of men. A lot of you could be serving God powerfully right now, but you are afraid your friends will laugh at you. You are afraid your friends will mock you. So you, at the same time you want to serve God, but at the same time you want to be with your friends. And before you realize, the fear of your friends, the fear of men, the honor of men, takes over. That's why people have double standards. They are very much interested in how people feel about them, how people think about them, and that affects them so much. They start playing games with church and God. They come here, they cry, they go there, they laugh, they like they're just... Hmm. Number five, friendship with the world. Friendship with the world will always cause you to become a dual person. You cannot befriend the world and go well with Jesus. Listen to the words of James. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Do you get it? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes. And, and I, you, you, don't, you don't come and say, I'm choosing to be your enemy, God. No. Hey, you can't do that. But you're going to choose the world. And by making that choice, you have become an enemy of God. You have become an enemy of God. So a lot of us that are here, you are watching me this morning, like I said at the beginning, your best friend, who are your best friends? Can, can you tell me who are your best friends? Where are your best friends? The people that, the people that you hang around, hang out with, are they in the church? Isn't it that most of them are out there? I mean, let's be honest. Where are your friends? Who are your friends? So your friends belong to where? Do they belong to God or to the world? Because some of you are saying, ah, me, I cannot have friendship with the world. But who are your friends? And as you are listening to me right now, 
you are getting angry with me, but I didn't write this. I'm reading James 4, 4. It's a scripture James wrote. Just reading a scripture of James. I know what, you are getting angry at me. I told you already that myself, I'm fighting these things as I'm standing here. I'm trusting God to help me. So I don't know why you are feeling you are the only one. We are all here trying to break, overcome duality. But I can tell you by the grace of God, all my friends are in the church. All the people I relate with, all the people I'm connected with, and I'm not apologetic about it. You, you are trying to please everybody. That's why you have a dual personality. That's why your Christianity is not working. Choose your side. Number six, I'm almost done. Let's enter the spirits now, where we are done with the physical ones. There are three major spirits that will cause you to be dual. The first one is called the spirit of hypocrisy. It's a spirit that comes, if you don't understand the word hypocrisy, just understand pretense, those who pretend. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a spirit that can influence you to always be pretending all the time. You are never yourself. You are never genuine. You are never honest. You are struggling with something, but you pretend you are not struggling with it. So we are unable to help you. You are not speaking the truth. The spirit of hypocrisy is the spirit of pretense. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For he is, kind, he is the kind of person who always thinks about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Imagine you go to the restaurant with somebody, he's saying to you, No, 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 you can choose anything you want. Meanwhile, in his head, he's calculating every cent that you're going to spend or he's going to spend on you. But he's behaving as if he's allowing you to eat anything you want to eat. That's what the scripture is saying. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The Bible starts by saying he's always thinking about the cost, how much he's going to spend on you. But, but, but he doesn't tell you, hey, please, I don't have enough. Just take one burger and this and this and let's end it there. It could have been easy that way. He would say, no, 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 eat anything you like. Choose anything you want. Then you are so stupid as you are, you just start. Are you with me? The spirit of hypocrisy and pretense. Yeah. This month, we need to fight that spirit. That spirit that makes you to appear like this before pastor. Meanwhile, when pastor is not there, you are like this. This spirit that makes you, when you come to church, you look like this. When you are at home, you look like this. When you are out there, you look like this. It's called hypocrisy pretense. You say things, you don't mean them. You say, Pastor, I'm blessed by your word, but you don't mean it. You say, Pastor, I feel like supporting you, but you don't mean it. It's the spirit of hypocrisy. 
The spirit of hypocrisy. It makes you to be a pretender. Stop being a pretender. Stop being a pretender. Stop, stop appearing what you are not. It's not helping you. That thing will not help you. It will not help you. When you are with me, you say this. When I'm not there, you are saying this. Or you are even with me, you are saying this, but you are thinking something else. Your words and your thoughts are not matching. And it's become a standard for you. You have accepted it. And it's making us to build broken and truthful relationships that can never last the test of time. Because it's not genuine. This man, God wants you to become a genuine Christian. A genuine Christian. A real Christian. Not this thing we pretend. Somebody's got to speak to you. Somebody's got to speak to you. And if God wants me to speak to you, I'll speak to you. Number two, the spirit of lies. This is what is responsible if you want to know the spiritual aspect. The thing that are making you to have a dual personality, to have duality, the first one is the spirit of hypocrisy. The second is the spirit of lies. Yeah. We lie a lot. We lie to each other. We lie to the pastor. We lie to the wife. We lie to the husband. We lie to the brother. We lie to the beloved. Just lies all over the place. And then there's duality. There is a person you don't love, but you are saying you love them. Is it by force? I mean, why are you complicating your life like that? You can feel you are not flowing with this person, but you are pretending as if you are flowing with them. And when they are not there, you start saying bad things about them. And over time, they hear the bad things you are saying about them. And then the thing is, meanwhile, you could have just said, you know what, I don't feel this thing is not working much. You know, let's just continue. Like, be open. Lies. The spirit of, where there's duality, that lies. That one you should know. A dual Christian is a liar. It's a liar. And the father of it is the devil himself. But he has his, one of his sons here, Ananias. The Bible says in Acts 5, 1 to 4, now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And you've kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to a human being, but to God. The next thing, Ananias felt dead right there. 
a drop dead day. Yeah. Do you know why some of us, you stop growing spiritually? It could be that you lied to somebody one day and you lied to the wrong person and you, you, you died spiritually that day. Ananias was thinking he's talking to Peter, but he was talking to the Holy Ghost. He didn't understand. He didn't realize who he was talking to. As you keep going around lying, 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 you're going to lie to the wrong person. And there will be consequences. The spirit of lies and deception that has filled the church. May God deliver us from these wicked spirits that are affecting our relationships and causing us to not be all that God wants us to be. If I can just remind you Mark 5, 33, the Bible says that the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. The day we start telling the whole truth, that day, duality will be destroyed. The day we start telling the whole truth, the whole truth, not part of the truth, not something that looks like the truth. You know how we know how to twist things? Hey, you will say something, it looks like, but, but you know very well that you are not saying, you are not saying what happened. I mean, Christians have lied to me myself. By the time I came to know the truth, I said, wow. <laughs> Even this past week alone, I said, wow. Like the person is telling me that eh, this thing went like this, and then the, the person met there, and then they did this there. Hey, by the time I now hear the story real, 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 I realized that it's day and night. With what I was told. No, I said, wow. Wow. People can lie. Mm. The spirit of lies. The last one that is responsible for duality in our lives. The spirit of self-deception. Self-deception. Do you know what is self-deception? Self-deception is something is wrong, but you've been saying it so much, you've started believing it's true. Do you understand? So it has become true for you. Like it's not true, but you've been repeatedly saying it or believing it in a certain way for so long that for you now it's true. And that is where you have the double standard. Like you know what is true, but you've also made this one to be true. So you have two standards that you are, depending on who you are with, you use this one or you use this one. That's self-deception. Yeah. For example, if you've done something for so long, knowing very well that is wrong, but you've been doing it so long, at a point, you yourself will not know, but at a point, your mind is going to switch like this. And your mind will now say, this is, this, is, this is right. There's nothing wrong with this. And from that moment, 
you are okay with it. Nobody, in fact, if somebody comes and touches that thing, hey, it's war. It's war. Because you have deceived yourself. And you have believed a lie. By far, all the points I've shared with you this morning, self-deception is the most dangerous one. You see, if it's the other point, at least we can all agree at some point that maybe that is a problem. But when you are self-deceived, you will feel it's a personal attack on yourself when somebody is trying to help you. You will feel personally attacked and you will react. Hmm? Self-deception. And let me just make you aware, you can be deceived. Please be aware of that one. As a matter of fact, you are currently under a lot of deception. It's just that you are not aware of it. There are a lot of deceptions that are monitoring your behavior currently. Different behavioral patterns that you are busy with are actually deceptions. Like it's not the real. I mean, 10 years from now, you look back and say, hey, look at what I was doing. Hey, look at what I was doing. But when you are doing it, it always feels right. That's why it's not easy for me to convince you that you are self-deceived because when the self-deception is working, it looks right. It's only later that you realize it was wrong. Hmm? I end by bringing to you these guys. You know them. But I didn't know that they were having a duality in their lives. I just saw it. The Holy Ghost showed me duality in them. And I'm like, wow. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now listen to, to what he's saying here. Because this is where the duality is working. He says, many will say to me, in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Not that way they come to church and they prophesy. Do you see that? They are, the, the image the church has of these guys, they are prophets. They come to church and they do what? They prophesy. And a lot of people value them, you know, like, remember what Jesus says at the beginning, he says that you appear to people to be righteous. We've cast our demons in your name. I mean, by now, we can even worship them. Like casting our demons, that's a big thing. And we've done many wonders in your name. Many wonders, miracle money, breakthrough, this, that, many wonders in your name. So, before people, you look this way. Before people, you appear this way. You two could say, Lord, I sang in your name. Lord, I came to church in your name. You, you two can say that. Because these are powerful things these people have said. They say, 
and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. So on the other side, you see, it's like there are two sides. This side, everybody knows you, but this side, God doesn't know you. That's terrible. People know you, people honor you, people adore you, but on this side, God doesn't know you. It's duality. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So you had a double life. Practicing something when you do it regularly. So on this side, you had the miracles, the ministry, but on this side, you were living another life. Look at the cost of duality. Somebody miss heaven. Jesus said, depart from me. Is there something in your life and in my life right now that Jesus knows about and people here have no clue about it? And you are making sure they never know about it. And you want to continue keeping the standard this way, the way it's here. At the end of the day, brother, when you stand before Jesus, I never knew you. Think about it. Think about it. I want to leave you some words by Paul this morning. Next week, I'm going to introduce you to duality properly. Today, I'm just showing you a few things. But next week, we'll enter deep. You get it? All right. Now, so, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This prayer makes more sense to me now than maybe last month when I realized Paul is trying to secure the whole life of a believer, what we see and what we don't see. You see, we see your body, but we don't see your soul, we don't see your spirit. But he's saying, may the God of peace work in every level of your life. Let everything be worked on. Don't just bring your body. Bring everything. Let God deal with everything. And David says in Psalm 51 verse 6, you desire truth in the innermost being. You desire truth deep, not, not, not on you deep. You desire truth in the innermost being. That's where God wants truth. Not this thing you are showing people. God wants truth in your innermost being. What that means is that when you are speaking the truth here, when we come and check inside your innermost being, the truth is there. It's the same truth. 
your spirit, your soul, and your body, everything is flowing. We don't have a truth on the body and we have a big lie on the soul or a bigger lie on the spirit. You are one. Genuine. I think we can attain to that if we start early to fight duality in our lives. I want you to start thinking about your life now, your spiritual life. What are the areas in my life where I'm not genuine? What people see is not what is there. Let's start working on it. Praise the Lord. Let's start fighting duality in our lives. Don't tolerate it. Don't accommodate it. It's wrong. It's wrong. Duality is wrong. Don't allow it. Don't accept the fact that you are like this here and you are like that here and you are just carrying on. No. Reject it. Desire truth in the innermost being. Be spiritually accountable to somebody. Yeah. And when you have a leader, don't make your leader just your puppet. Allow him to lead you. Allow him to speak into your life. And don't allow him to say things you want to hear. That will never break duality out of your life. Hmm? Let the truth come out. I've always told you, I think I've been saying to you, that your truth will always prevail. Even if it's painful, stomach it. In time, you will smile. But if you continue accommodating lies, when they start Spilling, it will never be nice. It will never be nice. In any of your relationship, either with people in the church, with your pastor, as much as you can, avoid to pretend. Avoid pretense. Be open. Be honest. Open your heart. With your, your husband, don't pretend. With your wife, don't pretend. With your mother, don't pretend. Try to be as much as you can open. It will help you. It will help you. I know this is not a small message. But we need it. We need it. Because we are living lies. And because there are no standards, there's nobody to check what you are doing. You created your own standards. You are sleeping with somebody who is not your wife or your husband. You you never pay lobola. And you are in the church and you are feeling very okay about it. You don't pay your tithe. Like things that are very, very plain there, you don't do them. The Bible says don't gossip. You gossip every day. Can we, can we just try to accommodate the word in our lives? Hmm? I, I hope you still like me. I, I mean, I mean it, it, in fact, it's not about you liking me. It's about you loving God and obeying God. God is sending this last series of the month in the last month of the year to strengthen up our spinal cord. You understand? Some of us, the spinal cord is bended like this. God says, lift it up. Let's stand up straight like this. Yeah. Stand in the truth. Don't be afraid of the truth. 
standing the truth, living the truth. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. You don't want to do it, you reverse it. Stand in the truth. Let's see what God can do with our lives. God bless you. Can we stand on our feet this morning? Maybe you just want to ask him for mercy this morning. Can we pray for mercy? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that your word, your word is working in us. Your word is working in us, shaping us, building us, showing us the way. Precious Jesus, this morning we ask for mercy. Mercy as a church. I ask for mercy over my own life. Father, I've seen the end of some of the preachers, some of the miracle workers, some of the mighty ones. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Let this burden, let this yoke be removed over us. Father, we pray this morning against the spirit of duality, against the spirit of pretense, against the spirit of lies, against the spirit of self-deception, the fear of man, the desire to please man, pride in our hearts, these things that are causing us to not be able to be honest and open, to live a double life and to pretend all is well. Meanwhile, we know all is not well. Meanwhile, we know what your word says, but we have just deceived ourselves into thinking that we can change things. I don't even know what we are busy with. Honestly, I don't know. I can just say we are deceived. Father, I pray this morning that you will have mercy on us, that you will help us, Lord, to come out of this life, to get back into the right track, to fight, to live a life that glorifies you. Oh, precious Jesus, we give you thanks this morning that your word will change us, your word will shape us, your word will transform us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you today. We bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Quickly this morning, if you are watching, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. I believe that's by far the most important decision you can make today. To make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. If you are watching me, and you want to start a journey of true Christianity, Christianity according to God's standards, which we will never reach anyway. But at least, let's strive for it. By saying, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want God to live in my heart. I don't want to continue living the way I'm living. Why don't you raise your right hand at the count of three and I'll pray with you and help you connect with God. When you hear three, please raise your right hand and I'll pray with you. One, two, Three, please raise your right hand wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your hands now. Now, if you are already born again, and this morning you are watching me, and you just feel like you want to recommit yourself to God, because you can feel, I've, rolled, I've just been missing it in so many ways. And I just feel that this morning I can get back on track. I've been living a life of pretense, a life of, it's not true. What, like the things I'm doing are not true. They're not genuine. But you're not the only one. We're all struggling. Let, let me be honest. We're all struggling. But we, we have grace before the Lord. 
right now, the count of three, I say, Pastor, I want you to commit my life to Jesus. Why don't you want? Why don't you raise your right hand and Pastor will pray with you at the count of three. One, two, three, raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Please repeat these blessed words with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for transforming me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Oh,